everyone, I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week we're on episode 173 and we're asking, what do you need to know about vanity metrics? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Okay, so what are vanity metrics? They are data metrics that often make something appear good, but they're not actually that useful. To give an example, we're going to use social media because this is what we're mostly talking about. Most vanity metrics are found in like business and their data points, but we're going to be talking about social media. Follower numbers and sometimes likes can often be considered as vanity metrics. The reason for this is because they aren't really the best metrics to focus on, especially when you think about things like like the number of bots that are lurking around social media and sock puppet accounts, things like that. So having X number of followers is not as impressive as it sounds. I'm sure we've all seen Instagram accounts with like tens of thousands of followers and you start there thinking, not really sure why they have that many followers. Their feed might not be that great. It might be a bit messy or really like scattered and then when you scan over their feed you'll see that there's like no comments or those comments where it's like dm me to this or promote on this page we don't count them and some of those posts won't even have any likes so what you've got is a lot of followers and no comment that's when you realize that followers is kind of a vanity metric so this is why follow accounts aren't really a good indicator. It's really, really easy to click follow and like because people are known to buy follows and likes. It still happens. It happened, I think it started years ago and it's still quite a popular thing. People still do the whole follow trains or follow for follow. And all this means is that you could end up with a ton of people following you because they wanted to follow back and they might not even be your target audience. So it's kind of pointless. It's not a real indicator of reaching your audience. And that's what you're thinking about when you use social media as a marketing tool. You want to be able to reach your audience. Yes, obviously, there'll be other people in there who are just maybe friends and family. But especially if you're a writer or a creative and you're using social media as a marketing tool, you want your followers to mean something. I feel like I'm being a bit mean, like, oh, you can't have any other followers unless they're your target audience. Obviously not. If people just, you know, really like your photos, great. But in the end, saying, oh my gosh, I've got 10,000 followers doesn't actually mean that much. If out of those 10,000 followers, only 20 people will buy your book. I feel like vanity metrics are a trap in some ways. I remember when I first started on social media from a marketing and business perspective, I was one of those people that really focused on the followers because that's what most people do. If you see a really popular author with thousands and thousands of followers, then you're like, wow, every single one of their followers must be buying their book. That's absolutely not the case at all. I don't know how outdated this is, so I may be saying something completely wrong here. But a while ago, like a few years ago, I read somewhere that if you have a conversion rate anywhere between two and I think 20%, then you're doing well. So if you have, well, I shouldn't even say anything because I don't do math, but if you have like 10,000 followers and you have, I don't know, what's 2% of that 2,000 people, 
I have no idea. I have no clue. But to keep the numbers e easy, we'll just say if you have like 2000 people buy your book or something or engage with you on your social media, then technically you're doing a good job. But obviously, if you're going to have that many people following you, you want to engage with them. You want them to be following you for a reason. And Ari mentioned the follow trains and follow for follow. That stuff is crap. I'm sorry to anybody out there who does that, but I really dislike seeing those on my feeds because I've seen some follow trains that it's like, you need to follow every single one of the hosts in order for us to follow you back. And there's like 30, 35 hosts and there's so many at usernames. And I'm like, that's a lot, that's excessive. And some of these authors, the majority of these authors, if there's a couple of horror writers in there, for example, I probably don't want to follow them because I don't necessarily care about horror. So I'm not going to care about the content they put out. So if I follow them and then they follow me, well, I don't write horror either. So I wouldn't even be able to give them anything in return, even if I did care about their work. You know what I mean? So it, it's a trap. People see that number of followers at the very top of the Instagram screen or Instagram profile. And they're like, wow, look at all the followers they have. And I've learned over the years that if I'm going to follow somebody, I'm very selective and choosy about who I follow. If I see somebody with 10,000 followers and I scroll through their feed and they haven't posted in a few months, I'm guilty of that, huh? But if they haven't posted in a few months or if they post like five times a day and they have like one to three likes on their images, they have zero comments, then I'm like, nobody's engaging with them. Why? Because they are not engaging with their followers. You get what you give. I think it's good that you mentioned conversion rate. That is so important. On platforms like Etsy, where I sell, it was always the thing. People were like, I need more views. I need more views. I need more views. And actually, views was not important. There is a conversion stat. And the rule was, if you're on 1% conversion, you're doing okay. Anything above like 2 is is really good. And yet, so many sellers would be chasing the views. I want more views. And it's like, yeah, but if those views aren't turning into sales, then it's not important. It's, it's like the last thing you want is loads of people looking and not buying in fact it actually makes it worse they almost penalize you if people are coming looking and then leaving at a large number now i don't know how well that works to social media i don't know if that happens with that but it's something to think about the fact that conversion is really important same when you think about newsletters you might have ten thousand people on your newsletter but if only three people are actually clicking your links and reading your newsletter it ain't great whereas if you've only got 20 people on your newsletter and 10 of them are opening it that's a really good conversion Right. So it kind of makes sense. And I think the problem with vanity metrics, there have been situations, I think it was Twitter. I'm really trying to remember. I think it was Twitter. There have been situations where publishers actually reached out to writers on social media because they had these really big follower numbers and they offered to publish their books and they published them and they expected to see all these big sales because, you know, 20,000 followers, 50,000 followers. And instead it was just like crickets. There was nothing because these followers and like numbers, they just didn't have the backing of actual people interested in the writer. So it didn't automatically translate into sales. Now, if they'd have picked someone who had more engagement, more comments or something, maybe that would have worked. 
But it kind of shows that it's so easy to get caught up in the likes and, and follows, who's following who and how often they get new followers. It's not as important. Now, I'm just going to quickly add a caveat is I get like lampooned. Not all vanity metrics are bad. You do need followers. <laughs> you know, you need people interested in what you're doing. And we're not saying that every follow you get is not interested. So we're not dismissing all your followers and we're not saying that all likes are useless. Not at all. After all, you know, without followers, there is no awareness. There's no exposure. So yeah, <laughs> but not all followers are the same. Some will follow you and then never interact. Some will follow you hoping that you'll follow them. And again, never interact. And and that's why we say it's, it's a good idea not to get hung up on things like follower numbers. They're not useful. Not really. Chasing likes and follows is not good. I just want to interject real quick. I actually used to have a writer follow me and unfollow me repeatedly on Instagram. I think they were trying to be seen and they would follow me. And then after a little while, after like a week or two, if I didn't follow them back, they would unfollow me and then follow me again. So they would keep popping up in my notifications. And I ended up blocking them because I was like, go away. They never engaged on any of my stuff. They never liked or commented on any of my images. Nothing like that. I think for some reason they were, they just wanted more followers. So they were following and then unfollowing and following again, like just to get back to the top of my notification feed and be like, Hey, here's a writer, a like-minded person. Give me a follow. I'm following you. I'm doing you a favor. So follow me back. Aha. This was years ago, but I will never forget that person. <laughs> you never forget that person, but you're not following them. So. Nope, not at all. They're That's blocked. <laughs> It's just bad systems. And unfortunately, you just can't get away from people buying likes, buying follows, follow for follow. And then, as you said, dumping you off, never having any connection to your, your page. Yeah, it's, it's not great. So in that sense, if vanity metrics aren't great, what type of metrics do you really want? And that is actionable metrics. So that is data metrics that actually help you achieve your goal, that move you forward and that can be worked upon. So as writers, if you want to get the word out about your book, yes, obviously followers help, but focusing just on those numbers isn't what you want. What you do want to think about is real engagement and that is comments. That is the best engagement in my personal opinion always going to throw that in so that nobody like absolutely just goes at me getting good solid inquiring comments is really helpful people who ask questions people who want to know more comments are actual engagement comments are saying that someone took the time to stop scrolling and leave a message that's why it's so important because let's be honest it takes two seconds to double tap to like something and then move on i have been guilty of liking a video and then moving on before it finished. And I know, I know, that's so bad and I'm so sorry to anyone I've done that to. I am trying to deal with my lack of focus and my ADHD brain, definitely. And I am sorry for that. It's not good. I do try every now and then to take the time to stop and leave a comment. I try and do it on my computer though because I hate leaving comments on my phone. I am bad at texting and then I get angry. So then I just skip it. So I go out of my way to go onto my PC, go through Instagram because that's my main one and leave messages now don't get me wrong it's great if you can get good interesting comments 
helpful comments, you know, comments saying, oh, my God, I really love the sound of your book or I want to read more or when is it coming out or anything like that. Brilliant. But if they just put up a heart or a, a thumbs up emoji, that's fine. It shows a form of connection rather than just like and move on. Even better if they ask a question, because then you have to answer that question. And it might be able that you could ask another question in your answer and then you start a conversation. That's what you want. You want how many questions you want to know how many comments you can get. Shares are good, too, but I still think comments are higher than shares in the in the hierarchy of awesome. The hierarchy of awesome. <laughs> Keeping that in. But yeah, so that's that's what I'm thinking. You need to stop thinking about followers, stop thinking about likes, and go for comments. That is the most important metric. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. The comments are the bread and butter of social media because the whole point of being on social media is for the engagement. And the best way to get engagement is if you have a conversation. You cannot have a conversation with a like on your photo. People need to comment. And I feel like the best way to do that is if you ask a question. It's so tricky. I know we've been talking about Instagram a lot, but Ari and I are both mainly on Instagram, so it's just easier for us to talk about it. And with Instagram, obviously your feed is all photos and it's really easy to take a picture of the sunset and post that on Instagram. But then if your description has nothing to do with the sunset or if there's really just nothing to it, like it's very easy for people to go scrolling and say, oh, that's a really pretty sunset. And then they dabble, they dabble, they double tap it. They like it and then they move on. There's no incentive for them to look at your description. There's no incentive for them to comment Unless they're a photography buff and they really love sunsets, they might comment and say, wow, this is so pretty. But other than that, that's it. And even if they do comment something as simple as that, just saying, wow, this is a great photo. I love it. You need to respond to them and say, even if it's just a thank you, but get a conversation going. Or even if a conversation doesn't happen, if they never respond after that, at least they say, oh, wow, this creator took the time to read and respond to my comment. I'm happy to see that they saw it especially if they have tens and thousands of followers, they saw my comment. I have to say, Instagram is a pain because the caption doesn't fully come up. You have to like read more. And I, again, I am guilty of just like looking at a picture going, oh, that's nice, liking it and moving on and not realizing that there was like a really detailed explanation in the, in the caption, which, by the way, if you can try and put any information in the graphic, even if you put that beautiful sunset and then behind that as the second picture, you put a graphic with text to explain why you took that picture, it works better than putting it in the caption. I guarantee more people will read it if it's in the graphic than if it's in the caption. I need to try that myself a lot more than I am doing. Do the um, same. I know. <laughs> yeah. We're acting like we're experts here. And like, I haven't checked my Instagram in months at the time of recording. This. Yeah, but we know why we're bad. So it's kind well, of Yes, we admit it. <laughs> we recognize it and we're owning up to it. I mean, in the end, there is a hierarchy in social media. There's a reason that text-based posts are not as good uh, and don't get you as much reach as picture-based posts. And picture-based posts don't get you as much reach as videos, blah, blah, blah. And if it's in Facebook, a video directly in Facebook is better than a video uploaded from YouTube and put into Facebook. There's all these little things that push you up a bit better. Same with Instagram. A video does better and is boosted more than a simple graphic. A carousel of images does better than a simple graphic. Again, simple things like that. So it's learning those tricks and also 
kind of working with the engagement. And again, if we take Facebook, the like, you know, the little blue thumb. Is it blue? Is it blue? I can't remember if it's blue. I think it's blue. <laughs> I think Facebook is blue. So the blue light is not given the same weight as any of the other reactions. You know, the angry face, the crying face, the pizza face. I don't know. I don't go on Facebook very often. If you take the time to put a love heart or a cry face on somebody's post on Facebook, that actually gives it more of a boost, apparently, at least it used to, than just a like button. Because you've taken that extra bit of time to do something more. And that's what the program and the algorithms want. They want you to spend more time. They want you to engage more. That's why if you put comments on, it boosts the post more. So in the end, the name of the game is engagement. And it is awesome when that happens. You want people connecting. You want them signing up for your newsletter, asking questions, sharing your posts, leaving reviews, talking about your book. And it starts with connection. If you put a promo about your book out and it gets 10 likes, that's okay. If, however, that promo graphic receives several comments asking for more details and showing true interest, but only three likes, that actually does really well. To me, that's better than having the 10 likes. I'd rather people forget to like it and ask me questions about the book than put 10 people liking it and you you don't even know if they're interested or even if they read the graphic. <laughs> like, did you even notice or did you just skim past like accidentally double tapping? So this is what we try and say. Try and avoid getting caught up in the follower numbers, even some of the likes, because again, it's too easy to double click. I have a habit of going onto Instagram. The first thing that comes up, I go, oh, that's nice. And I double click to like it. And apparently Instagram hasn't set itself up yet and it drops it down and puts the newest thing up. And I double click something I didn't mean to. So again, likes aren't always that accurate. It could be that someone like me, well, I fucked up and liked the wrong thing. I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the vanity metrics and obsessed with follower numbers. I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough newsletter subscribers. I don't have enough people reading my blog. Doesn't matter who's engaging with you. And as Rachel said, very succinctly, you get what you give. If you want interaction, you've got to give interaction. You've got to take the time to go out and leave thoughtful, useful, helpful, friendly comments on other people's posts. Not just to get them to come back to you, but to start a conversation, to reach your readers, to connect with other writers. Let's be supportive. That's kind of the name of the game. I have no idea how to end this podcast. That's kind of all I've got. No, that's great because I, I absolutely agree with you because the whole point of being on social media is to make connections and build friendships. I know this day and age, you know, it's 2023, social media has become such a hub for business and marketing and promotion and things like that. And we've kind of forgotten how to communicate with each other over the years as technology keeps evolving and growing and social media keeps changing. But if you want to create meaningful connections with other writers, with readers, just with other people who like cats, then you need to communicate. Enough said. That's all. Yeah, perfect. That's all we got. Okay, let's turn it off to you guys. How often do you leave comments on another person's social media post? Or are you just a quick double tap and run? Let us know your answer in the comments so we can chat about it. See, leave us comments. This is a sneaky way of getting around saying, please leave us comments. Marie will respond to you because Rachel always forgets. Actually, there's about four I've got to respond to, so I am a bit late. Sometimes we're going to be late, but we will respond mostly, I I'm sure. <laughs> Unless I accidentally delete the comment, which I have done in the past because oh YouTube is really bad at putting the delete next to the approve. And I messed up so many times. And I apologize if I've ever deleted somebody's comment. Remember, we release new episodes every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing annotating books. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thanks for listening to the Mayor Edge podcast. We'll see you next week. 
This podcast is brought to you by Writer's Block, We Hate Our Brains. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.